0: Everybody, and welcome to the I Hate Matt Wall podcast, where obviously there's some hating going on, and usually it's towards me, mainly because the words that come out of my mouth usually sound like broken glass. That was was a bit much for an intro. But anyway, so here we are. And I wanted to um, share this with you today on the episode. Um, it's not going to be a typical episode. This is going to be basically the Q&A slash workshop that I did at the Sims Library of Poetry in Los Angeles. So there are a lot of poets From all different walks of life and all different steps in their journey, we basically talked about the things that troubled them the most about poetry, writing, or publishing. So I just thought it was a really interesting kind of bit, you know, to hear a lot of people having a lot of the same problems no matter where they were in the journey of a writer you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of interesting. So I wanted to share that with you. And I wanted to share a little bit about the Sims Library of Poetry with you as well, because it's actually quite fascinating. Again, you can find um, more information about it at simslibraryofpoetry.org. Sims is the first black-owned poetry library in the state of California and they aim to engage with the South L.A. community by offering the space to read, write, study, perform, and appreciate poetry. Their mission is to serve, educate, and find love for poetry, especially for marginalized people of color in the community of South Los Angeles. Um, Hiram Sims, the founder, started lending books to his university students, ...out of his suitcase after mandating that they read one book of poetry a week. And as demand grew, his suitcase library was forced to seek a larger home. So the Sims Library of Poetry got its official start in Hiram's garage with a collection of about 3,000 books. Uh, Poetry, open mics, and other events were held in the Sims' backyard as the community began to establish itself around the growing library. And in the summer of 2020, uh, they found a permanent home for the library in Englewood. And since then, have been transforming the location to a poetry-friendly space. And now have almost 7,000 books of poetry and have been hosting pandemic-friendly events. So again, you can sign up for their newsletter. They have the Poem a Week thing um, they have tons of events. There's actually really a lot of stuff that you could find through there, including the community literature initiative that one of the people who were in the workshop uh, I've been talking to about since the workshop, and it sounds completely amazing. With all of that said, what is going to happen here as you listen to this It's funny because I've been doing stuff on YouTube so much that I basically forgot how Zoom worked. I'm used to telling people, oh, go ahead and leave some stuff in the comments, forgetting that on Zoom, everyone can talk. So I feel bad that I didn't give anyone the opportunity to, like, actually verbally share anything that was going on. I just had, I've been doing YouTube live streams for far too long now. Without doing anything other than that, so there's that, and then right at the beginning of this, I'm talking about how embarrassed I am or whatever and and it's because the host of the event read my bio, and um, bios are a weird thing. We all need to have one, but when you hear someone like read off your accolades and accomplishments, it sounds fuck. Like, it's like, it's a heavy boulder to hold. So, whatever. So, I'm going to shut the fuck up now and let myself talk some more. So, I hope you enjoy this. Oh! How's everybody doing? Everybody good, good, good? Okay, cool, cool.
1: So, that was a little bit about me there. That was kind of hard to hear all at once. When people say all those things, that one time, it's kind of overwhelming. But I know that there's a lot of different people here who are probably on all different parts of their journey writing. So because of that, if you guys can do me a favor here and in the chat, kind of write the thing that you struggle with the most or the question that kind of troubles you about whether it's writing, poetry, uh, publishing, Uh, whatever that might be. So at least um, I can kind of tackle certain things that you are actually looking for help with. Because I can just sit up here all day and talk about stuff and you guys might already know it. So um, if you guys can do that, that would be really awesome. And while that's going on, um, I'll kind of give you my spiel, my philosophy on writing. Because everyone has kind of a a different road to get to the point that they're at. And the biggest thing that I see with students I have and just other writers that I know is that we are all so fucking different. And I'm gonna be saying all sorts of horrible words, so hopefully that's okay. Marissa, thank you for that. And we'll hit that in a second here. Um, But the thing is, is that all of us are horribly unique and we have all had horribly different experiences. Okay, And because of those experiences, they shape our perception of the things that we see in the world and how we express those things to others. And one thing that I see in poetry a lot and that I see from publishers even more, is saying things along the lines of, this has already been done. Like, there's this isn't groundbreaking, there's nothing new here, this has already been done. And I don't really think that that is exactly how things are because if all of us were outside right now and we saw a car crash, And I told all of us, I'm like, okay, now everyone write about that car crash right now. If we all wrote that, we would all write something completely different and we would have a completely different voice in writing that. And the reason being is because of our uniqueness and our perception and how we've been shaped through all the years that we've been growing as people. You know what I'm saying? And because of this, a lot of people are afraid to be themselves, to use their voice, to write in their own blood when they're writing about stuff because they feel like it's not very, it's not something that's common. So a lot of poets fall into this habit of trying to write things that they think sound like what a poet would sound like. They try to write things to make like an editor think that this is what a poet sounds like and to be honest I'm going to blame a lot of editors for that because editors do what editors do but um, with you guys and I'm sorry about the spooky um, desk here but I just with all my students I just constantly constantly want to reiterate that your voice is unique and that's the thing that makes you a writer that's the thing that makes you a poet Imitating somebody doesn't make you shit. Imitating somebody makes you a fucking imitator. So trust yourself when you're writing. Do not fall into that habit of doing the thing that you think other people want to hear. So let me look and see what we have here in the chat. Being more experimental while also being attainable. This is what Marissa the same. Okay, so the question with this is, who are you trying to be attainable for? Because you can be as experimental as you want. The thing that is going to really matter is you can be as experimental as you want, but if people can't understand what the fuck you're saying, then it's just like people going, oh, well, I guess this is poetry because I don't know what the fuck it says. So that obviously makes that poetry. So you got to come away from that a little bit. But the whole idea about being attainable, this is another thing that I hear a lot. I have a lot of books out and I've written a ton of stuff. And whenever somebody comes up to me and says, oh my God, I love this poem of yours. And I'm like, oh really, what poem? And then they tell me what poem it is. I'm like, you like that fucking poem? Like, are you fucking with me right now? Really, that one? Because I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was okay, but I didn't think it was great. And so the whole thing here is, is that we never know what poem of ours is going to be the poem that rings true with somebody. Every poem you that you write will be someone's favorite poem, but we don't know what those things are, and we're not supposed to know what those things are, because once they leave us, those poems are dead, and they go out and have their reincarnation with other people, and those people who read your stuff, those poems have new life with them, and they have different meanings for those people. So um, when being attainable comes up as long as you are clear you could be as experimental as you want you could say whatever the fuck you want if you are clear and precise in what you're saying if you're talking about just having like a giant metaphor orgy where like nothing makes sense and somebody could say it's talking about a junkyard and another person would say it's talking about a roller coaster then that's a whole other thing but don't worry about being a- attainable. worry about being experimental and just doing the thing that you want to do um self publishing hey Jessica, she says, feeling pressure to theme my books. oh my God, I just talked about this today. that's so funny. um as in all my poems, must have a certain niche or have a similar tone to be in the collection now here's the thing. a lot of you guys might know this. Um, but up until I would say the late 90s, most poetry books were just selected poems. Like, here you go, these are selected poems. Like, read them and enjoy life. But because of Amazon and because of algorithms and because of SEO and all this other shit, like, you're supposed to actually theme stuff so people know how the fuck to sell things, okay? And this is where we get into the thing. You can put out a book without any theme at all. You could put out a book of just poems. The problem with that is, is that if you are self-publishing that on Amazon, let's say, Amazon is not gonna know how to sell that book to people. Amazon's gonna go, Oh, this is poems. Uh I don't have enough information. Now, um, does anyone here is anyone else here interested in self-publishing? Just like hands up if you are. Okay, we got we got two, we, okay, that's enough, that's, that's fine. Um, even if we had one, that would be fine. But, so here's the thing about self-publishing that nobody fucking gets. Do you guys know what also bots are? Like when you go on Amazon, you'll look at a book or something and you'll scroll down and you'll see, oh, people who bought this also bought these fucking books. Okay? Also bots are the algorithm. Also bots are how Amazon sells books. So if you tell, like you you have a book of poetry come out and you're like, I just want to get like number one in American poetry, like for even 15 minutes, that would be awesome. So you tell everyone you know, you tell your mom, you tell your grandma, you tell your dad, you tell your brother, you tell your uncle, you tell the guy down the street who was washing his dog outside when you were walking by. So you tell all these people to go buy your book the day it comes out. Everyone goes and buys that book. All these people also shop on Amazon because this is America and that's what people do. They buy everything on Amazon. So now Amazon's going to look at this and go, oh, okay. So the people who bought this book of poetry also bought um, a tutu, bunny slippers, um, a pizza stone, a refrigerator, a hose, and I don't know, a trap door to a secret hideout, like whatever the fuck it is that you could buy on Amazon. When Amazon sees that, Amazon's gonna go, I can't sell this book to anybody. I'm gonna bury this because this is a no sell. So what you have to be really careful about doing when you're self-publishing is you have to launch it in, like, in stages. So when you launch your book, you need to launch it just to people who buy poetry like initially so make sure that when like if you have a mailing list that is only a mailing list based off of your poetry let them know first um if the next step is um like poetry groups you know and writer workshops you go to and stuff like that tell those people and this could take like a month or two before you get to the point where you're like okay i could tell everyone about this now because there's enough information in amazon because seriously here's the thing you can make a ridiculous amount of money selling poetry on Amazon if you do this thing right. Because Amazon will do all the work for you once you do the first thing. But if you try to just like do it all at once and go for it, Amazon's gonna go, this is way too hard, I can't do this. This is stupid. So going back to the question of theme, the thing with theme is, is if you write a book of poetry and I'll go back to washing dogs because I just said that a second ago. So if you write a book of poetry and it's like 38 poems about washing a dog, okay? Amazon goes, oh my gosh, we could sell this book to people who like poetry and people who like dogs. This is amazing. So that makes it really easy. Now now we're gonna go back to editors. Editors at big places and even small presses. If when you go and pitch your manuscript to them, nine times out of 10, they're going to ask you, what's the theme? And you're going to say, "Uh, selected poetry. And they're going to say, try harder. What's the theme? And then you're going to say, "Uh, coming of age. And they're going to go closer, try harder. Like, because they also have to sell their books on Amazon to be able to make their money. So all of this revolves around being able to understand an Amazon algorithm. Gosh, isn't that horrible? Like, trying to talk about poetry here and we ended up talking about robots that's not where we were going um okay so looking for more ways to have an authentic voice um this is from marlena i'm horrible with pronouncing names right so i apologize up front to everybody okay the thing about voice is how do you talk how do you talk to your best friend? How do you talk to your lover? How do you talk to the people you interact with all the time? Like, what is your, how do I say this? What is your snappiness? What is your wit? What is your like level of, I'm not going to fucking take any more of this bullshit. Like, what are those things? Because that is your voice. And, um, I don't know if I should tell this story. I'll tell this story. Okay. There was a woman who had this book of poetry come out. And um, she was an older African-American woman. And she was so excited about the book. And when she was talking about the book, I got excited. Like her, the excitement level she had for her work made me like, just I'm like oh my gosh open that damn book and start reading like stop talking and start reading the book and I was just over the moon ready for it and when she started reading poems out of this book and she was from the south I think she um lived outside of Louisiana like outside of um New Orleans I mean and as she was talking about the book she was using a lot of slang and she was just so animated, and it, like it was a joy to hear her speak and When she started reading the poems out of her book, it sounded like some white dude in London in front of a bunch of snooty stuck up suits i don't know I don't know how to explain it. Her voice completely changed, and I was like, "No, no, 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 you totally miss you missed missed the point like you are now." reading poetry the way you assume academia wants you to read your poetry. And in the poetry she actually wrote, her voice, like the voice of the poems, like it could have been anybody. Like it was just all over the place. And one of my students actually, she came from a, uh, she was first generation in America and her parents barely spoke English. And her grandparents didn't speak any English at all. So, any of the English that was spoken in the house was like a very broken English. And she was always afraid of writing poetry because she felt that she wouldn't be able to say things correctly. She was always afraid that her broken English would creep into her work. And I'm like, but that's you, that's your voice. That is your work. That's what makes you unique. That's the thing that sets you apart from every other fucking poet. Like, you can play with this. You can, like, dive in and, like, wiggle around with this stuff, you know? And I really, really think so many people feel like they are not allowed to be who they are in their poetry, which is sad because poetry is probably the best art form to be able to express your innermost self and when you feel like you can't even speak in your poetry that's almost like an abusive relationship you know what I'm saying so I just for anyone who really worries about how to find your voice in speaking just think of when you bitch to your best friend and you're like oh my gosh, this motherfucker, can you fucking believe this shit? And you fucking just go and go and go. Think of how much shit, because like your best friend's going to let you bitch a little bit and like fucking let off some fucking steam before they say you need to fucking calm the fuck down. You know, your friends will let you do that. So let your poetry do that. You know, Um, like I always think that my computer... Like I got like type hard across my knuckles right here, okay? Like my computer is like my fucking therapist, you know? And when I was going to therapy, I realized that if I went to therapy before I started writing that day, I wouldn't have anything left for my writing. So I got to the point where I'm like, fuck that. I'm gonna type first and get all my fucking shit out and just vomit and bleed and shit all over my fucking keyboard. And then I'll fucking go to my therapist and fucking deal with that shit. And by the time I got to my therapist, usually a lot of that shit that was all fucking me up inside was already kind of worked out and at least a lot more clear. So when I got to my therapist, we were able to fucking deal with shit better. You know, so I don't know if any of that helps. I kind of ramble a little bit there, but, um, voice is like a big thing for me. I feel like, um, there are a lot of, um, places and workshops and instructors who like make people feel guilty or kind of bad for their voice and that 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 pisses me off like that oh that's that's one of my fucking hot buttons man okay so shame honestly my biggest struggle in writing is not immediately hating everything I write Reading myself makes me cringe so much, makes editing hard. Does this poem actually suck or do I just hate looking at myself? Okay, well, a couple of things here. Stop editing your fucking poetry. And that might sound stupid and that might sound very counterproductive, but just knock it off. Just stop editing it. Um, when there there is a lot there saying that when you write your stuff, like the the image you see back, the reflection, because the poetry is your mirror. The poem you're writing is the mirror. And you're looking not at you, but you're looking inside you. You're looking in your soul. And if that is difficult for you, there is a very good possibility that you will hate that poem afterwards if you are unhappy with yourself. But, 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 but here's the thing. Nothing you write sucks, okay? Everything you write is an extension of you. And then once you write it, it's done. It's dead. It's, it's finished. And it does not belong to you anymore. It belongs to the people who read your stuff, okay? I'm a big, big firm believer in that. The second thing is, is that when you are writing, and if you are writing from really who you are deep inside and you're not letting anything hold you back then you can just go and go and go but it's the doubt that comes in and doubt is the thing that kills poets like i'm sure everyone has heard this like whole thing like oh well if you're a poet that means you're going to commit suicide um you will be an alcoholic and you will be horribly depressed okay i don't think that's like because of poetry I think it's because of self-doubt and people not knowing how to deal with that and so they end up writing poetry because they feel like that's the only way they can work through shit. But nobody ever told them that it's okay to be who you are, and you don't need to fucking worry about that shit. So what I would say, Shane, write whatever the fuck you want to write, and then just don't read it anymore. That sounds fucking stupid, I know. But write it, don't read it, and just start putting it out. Let other people read it. And those things that are going to be, I don't know. Because see, here's the thing. I, I have a problem with revisions, okay? And here's my problem with revisions. If you're writing something and you write it and then you put it away for a little bit and then come back to it and look at it again and then all of a sudden you have different words to put in there now. If the words are still coming from you, why didn't you just think of the right words the first time? You know, that sounds stupid, but have you guys seen Happy Gilmore Because we all know that uh, a good poetry workshop only is good when we start talking about Happy Gilmore. So here's the thing, Happy Gilmore, he was um, a hockey player who wasn't very good, started playing golf and was amazingly good at it, even though he didn't understand the game. And then one day while they were playing golf, he hit a hole in one and he said to his coach, he's like, you know what? That was easier. I think I'll just do that for now on. Okay. That's how you should look at your poetry. Like the only reason why you think you need to revise is because you have been told that that is the way to write poetry. And why have you been told that way? Because people were taught that way. Who taught those people? The people before them. So we just do this like constant cycle of everyone having to do the same thing that happened like hundreds of years ago because that's what some fucking dead dude said and we have to be okay with that. But if you're already coming up with the words, whether it's right now or later, if you come up with better words later, just write another poem and now you've got two awesome poems. You know, like you don't have to keep reworking the same poem to death. I honestly think the reason why people rework the same poems over and over and over again, I think that was a control thing from academia, academia at one point to keep prolific writers down so the people teaching the poetry can hold on to their positions. So they wouldn't have, because if you have a genius in your class and somebody comes up to you and says, what do you think about this? Well, they can either say, this is brilliant or they could say, "Uh, why don't you work on it a little bit more and bring it back to me in a month? You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a cynical view but there are plenty of people who write amazing poems the first time. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that. So I don't know if that answered your question, Shane. If it didn't, let me know, and I will work on that a little bit more. Um, Marissa says, um, Umberto Echo said he wishes he died after every book he wrote, so he never had to explain himself to others and how they interpreted his work. But I like the idea that the work itself is dead once it's in the world. That is brilliant I don't know if I wish I was dead after every book I wrote see I put out a book every month I put out like a chat book every month and I have a couple like poetry books of like book book books but like I do like anywhere from 32 to um 40 some pages every month so I could just keep putting stuff out so I don't have to worry about Other stuff. And if I'm constantly putting out new material and selling new material and telling people about new material, um, I don't really have a whole lot of time um, to have people ask me what they think my poetry is about. Other than that, I also am very fucking clear with my poetry. And um, if you want to dig through and look through the lines and try to find other shit, you're more than welcome to do so, but it's kind of a fool's errand. And if you want to find deeper meanings, then find the deeper meanings. They're not there, but if you want to make them there, you can, and people will. That's just what people do. So let's see. Tim. Is this Tim Tim? Tim, is this Tim Tim? Um, I struggle with the first word, best word mentality. I always find lines that I'm not happy with um, and fixate on them until a better one spills out. Look, if you aren't happy with something and you want to struggle to do that, then struggle. If that's, ha- if that's how you work, if that's the thing that makes you tick, then do that thing. You don't have to come up and do the first line or the first word, you know. Um, I did something about this a while back where I said, I don't even know if I'm doing first word right. Because, like, I'll come up with an idea for a poem, and then I won't write it right away. And, like, hours will go by before I get home and start, like, typing that thing out. And by that time, it could have changed, like, 50,000 times, you know? But the thing is, how I look at this, whether it's making movies or making music or whatever, is everything you create is a snapshot of that moment. And so because of that, I don't like to go back and change things because... That's where I was at that exact moment in time. And if you like date your poems or keep like a spreadsheet where you know when you wrote things, it's really interesting to be able to go back and go, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I was thinking of at this time. Like this was me, you know? And so if you go through it like that way and each poem you write is a photograph, then just have that be the thing. And if you see, this is the whole thing. Like I rarely, read my stuff. Like I read it if I'm doing a reading or something like that, but I really don't read my stuff very often because I would rather be writing new stuff. Like who wants to just like, I don't know, like I can make a million analogies. Let's say you like lasagna and every night for the rest of your life, you're going to eat lasagna. You will eventually get tired of that lasagna and wish, oh man, if I could only put a jalapeno in that lasagna, This lasagna would be great. And every day you could come up with new things that you could put in that lasagna, but at the end of the day, you're still eating lasagna. So why don't you just go get a steak somewhere or a burrito? You know what I'm saying? So do you want to keep working on that same poem forever or can you walk away? Because I think an artist, I think the art is knowing when to quit, is knowing when to walk away. Because an editor is someone who just changes words in a poem a bunch. The artist knows when it's over. So you have to decide if you're an artist or an editor there. Um, Let's see, Marlena says, Matt, I get that. We read a whole lot of classics throughout school. So I get that standard English is a part of many of us. True, true, true. I've been told that about some of my poems, I do not curse like a sailor, but I I do love slang. So I do try to use it as often as possible. Yeah, dude, slang's awesome. And it kind of puts your poetry in a time capsule. And I know a lot of people want their poetry to be timeless and that's cool. I guess if you only write 30 poems your whole life, having your poems be timeless is awesome. But if you write every day, being able to have these little like lighthouses that shine a light to let you know when those things were written is really, really cool and fun. Um, I do think a whole lot of people tried to sound poetic. Yes, sounding poetic. That is... uh, um, Yes, okay. Um, I'll write and revise a few times, then send all versions out and see what sticks. Um, when I'm in my one-off publishing months okay that is really interesting Um, and talking about doing that how many of you guys do that you write different versions of poems and send them out at the same time to see what sticks now do you notice certain publishers or certain editors liking certain things when you do that because if you're not keeping track of what works with different places, the, the whole experiment is flawed. If you're doing it because you're like, you know what? Here, here's a good example. A lot of people lately have been talking about how annoying it is that um, like, we're tired of reading stories of middle-aged, middle-class white guys thinking about cheating on their wives, okay? every piece of literature that comes out has to do with some white dude wanting to cheat on his wife. And people were like giving authors a bunch of shit about this. And what I was trying to say to people was, if the editors are the one who put this out, the editors are the one who are perpetrating the myth that middle-aged men like to cheat on their wives. So let's write books about it. We will accept any piece of fiction that comes our way as long as there is a middle-aged white guy cheating on his bike. okay? So it's not the writer's fault. The writers are just trying to pay their fucking rent and fucking put food in their mouth. You know what I'm saying? So if they know that this is what we do, this is what we do. So my question to you, when you do the thing about sending stuff out to certain publishers or certain editors, if you know, oh my gosh, if I talk about an ice cream cone in this poem, I know they're gonna take it. And if I talk about going to the zoo, I know this magazine's going to take it. If you're doing that, then I applaud you. Because working that system and hustling that shit, that's how you got to do it. If you want to make money, write fucking poetry. Because we all know that there's not a whole lot of money in poetry. So we got to come up with the ways to do this shit. So if you can figure out a way to make that go, then make that fucking go. And I applaud you. That's some good shit. Cool, Tim. Hey, buddy um oh yeah late school late school that's all right that's all right um let's see We're trying to keeping track of what um reply. oh yeah, yeah yeah okay so if you guys have any other questions as this is going please feel free to drop those in there um how do i feel about poetry contests wow do you want me to just start slaying fuckers right now like what's happening <laughs> Um, Poetry contests are fine um, if you're into doing them, but poetry's biggest problem is that poetry refuses to grow. And no matter how many books Instapoets can sell and make more money than poetry has made in decades, the the poetry industry, the poetry machine does not understand how to make their stuff grow so they put these contests together and they're like here like we're gonna have this contest and don't you want to have this thing winner of some prize that did this thing guess who's gonna know what the fuck that is the same 15 fucking people who like submitted to that poetry prize like the prize industry is such a small circle and it's just the same poets over and over again And there's not and because so many people hate insta poetry in the poetry world they want to rebel against the fact that insta poetry does well so they're like they're biting off their own leg for no reason at all but the thing here is this is the next problem um libraries mainly only carry books if there's an award on it um if you want like end cap stuff, if you want your publisher to pay for an end cap Barnes and Noble or um, front facing things like that, if that's even a thing that Barnes and Noble is going to do anymore, they will only do that usually if there is some award with a sticker on it that said this book made people cry and won an award. So like, give us your money now. So this whole thing's weird, but schools will not take books unless it's won some award. Libraries won't take books unless it's won some award. So you have to ask yourself, if you are doing this award thing, are you doing it to do these other things? Like, do you have an MFA? Do you have a degree? If you don't have a degree, I think trying to get awards in those poetry circles won't do anything for you and you probably won't ever get those awards anyway because those awards are usually won by people who have the degrees. And then the degrees and the awards are the thing that get you your book deal. If you don't have those things, that world is not going to be a thing for you. So the best thing for you to do is hustle your ass and sell your book yourself. Like most of you probably don't know who the fuck I am, okay, before this whole thing. You're like, Matt fucking Wall, who the fuck is this motherfucker? But I've been doing this for fucking years, and I support myself hawking fucking chapbooks of fucking little fucking poems like what was this first poem here i will read you the first line and you can tell me uh he was flopping his facid co- flaccid cock around and it looked like rubber with the force of the beds okay this is not fucking highbrow literature here okay but being a poet and writing what you feel writing what you think and then trying to sell that thing most poets have this weird fucking thing where they think All I have to do is be a poet and have people like me and be good. And then someone will come and take my stuff and sell it to the world and make me famous. We are so fucking privileged living in this world where any motherfucker can publish anything at any fucking time. Every single one of us has the ability to have millions see our work at any time. And poets from even 20 fucking years ago would have slit a fucker's throat for that fucking ability. And we still are like, oh, won't someone fucking discover me? Like, you have been discovered. I am giving you permission right now to go hustle your ass and fucking make a shit ton of money being a poet and be able to tell all the people who told you you could never do that to suck a bag of dicks because you were able to fucking make money as a poet. Do you guys see what I'm saying? You have so much ability right now to do whatever the fuck you want. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, So I'm all fucking angry and pissed off now. Jesus, I need some more brandy in my coffee. Hang on. But the coffee's gone. so good, good, good. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys some little writing prop stuff here since voice came up and stuff like this. And since I push um, perception and uniqueness and all this shit so much, I want you to think of your like one of your favorite poems, think about it right now. I said it, so now it's in your head. You already know what poem you're thinking about. Now, if this is a poem you have memorized, this will not work. So if you're thinking of a poem that you have memorized, fuck that poem off and find find a different poem that you just like a lot, okay? Now, I want you to write that poem. Write it right now, how you feel, write that poem. And that poem you write will be a completely different poem than the poem you read, the poem the, the poem you fell in love with. It will be a completely different thing because it's you. It is coming from inside you. You are being able to put that poem out there using your unique perception of what that poem did to you and for you. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to do it right now, but sometime within the next day, I would say, do that thing. Just look at how much your voice shines through when you do not put doubt in front of it, when you do not put rules in front of it. Just let it flow. Let it be, and I say this all the time, like poetry should be like water. Like when you're typing, it should be like your fingers are faucets and just water's pouring out of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it should not be difficult. As soon as you make poetry difficult, it's a completely different fucking thing. Now you're making puzzles. That's not fun. Unless you're into Sudoku and shit like that. And then if that's what you're into, you can do those things. But poetry itself should be just a flowing, free thing. You know? Let's see. Uh, We have... Thanks for validating what many of us have noticed about contests. Oh my gosh. You know what's funny? People have known this about contests since fucking forever. How uncanny I did this very thing this afternoon. Boom. See, we are all connected here through this weird ethereal poetry thing. Well, let me do my shilling. So I teach this thing called poetic energy um it's based off of my youtube channel um i don't know i will put a link somewhere or something like that but it's basically um i do like three lessons a week and um we have a live stream um uh, where we talk about all the stuff we're doing and then we put stuff out so like um this is the second poetic anarchy book and the first one's around here somewhere but um Oh yeah. If you can go to my website, I hate notwall.com. There you go. That's way easier. I should have just told you guys to do that. Damn it. Oh, all the links. This is amazing. Wow. That's cool. But it's basically this whole thing where like you guys already know how to write. Everybody knows how to write. Cause the one thing everyone always asks me, like when they hear of all the shit I've done, like all the movies I made, all this other stuff. They're like, how do you do that? Like, that's, that's amazing. How do you do that thing? everybody already knows how to do that thing what they want you to tell them is they want you to give them permission to do it they don't want you to say oh yeah you sit down and you fucking type like everyone fucking knows that anyone who's ever read a book knows how words flow across the page you know what i'm saying so when people are asking like how do you do this thing that's amazing i can't believe you you wrote a whole book of poetry what how do you do that they want permission because they've always wanted to do this thing and they'll tell you oh i've always wanted to do that but you know uh time constraints and uh, you know there's not a lot of money in it there's no future there you know but and all they want is for you to say you can do that go do that thing just try it try the thing do the thing so anyway um so the whole deal about the poetic anarchy class is that Everyone can do this shit already, okay? But it's being able to know who you are and being able to kill your doubt and just do whatever the fuck you want because this is art. If poetry was... See, this is the other thing. like Being able to judge art objectively or subjectively. Poetry is the only real written art form that people judge objectively. And that's fucking ridiculous. It's art. It should be judged subjectively. There should not be parameters as to why you judge something a certain way. So just little things like that. It's like a philosophy more than anything else. And there's like five, um, if you go to poeticanarchy.com, actually, um, there's like five classes. Like, there was like a free week-long workshop that we all did. And if you want to just see if you dig it, because you, if you don't dig it, then, you know, what the fuck, it's fine. And just keep typing and keep writing to your thing. But if you're into that shit, then you can definitely go check that out. What are you guys working on? Which one of you guys has a manuscript that's right about to come out, that's right about to get picked up? There it is. Can I read a, one of my poems that I really like? Congrats on the book, by the way. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so I will read this poem called Paris out of the end of everything. Um, This book kept me, whoa, I have bookmarks falling out. This book kept me from killing myself, just like a weird little side note. Like if I didn't have poetry, um, I would not be here right now, like this saved me, basically. Okay. So Paris, the Eiffel Tower. It stands large and erect. I want to say that it looms. Looms! I'm just going to do it like that. Um, But most would look at it and say magical, majestic, etc. There are trees down below it. They look small from where I am, like bushes but I'm sure that they're all tall trees. Ah, beautiful, beautiful Paris. There was a woman. She's holding an umbrella open above her head. It's black and white, splotches like a cow, a milk cow, black and white. She has a big black bow holding back her blonde ponytail. She is wearing a slim, sleek black dress, It's short, barely covering her prize her purse bag matches her dress so do her shoes i look down at my feet i'm wearing slippers sometimes i go out like that on accident today it was on purpose i look at my sweat shorts there's a large hole right next to my balls from me scratching them I'm not wearing underwear and anyone who looks could probably see what there is to see. My hoodie is zipped up. It's black, like the dress that the woman wears. The woman who is protected from the elements by her umbrella that looks like a cow. There are words beneath her. I can't read them. I'm a little too far away. My glasses aren't that good. I squint hoping it'll help, but it doesn't matter. Some asshole just blocked my view by standing between me and the greeting card display here at the post office in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere in the South of California. So that was just a little fun, that thing. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah. So um, I just um, was actually talking about that today. Um, and I will say a little thing about this and then be done with it but this was like my first like poetry book book that was out in the world kind of thing and I knew that a lot of people in the poetry landscape would read it and so the first because like putting together a manuscript is really important and how you place poems in the book so Having this poem, this book start off with a poem talking about Paris, like all of these poets. And they're like, oh, yes, Paris, Paris, yes, Paris. Oh, yes, yes, I know Paris, yes. And then I explain Paris and all this other shit. And I go talking about a beautiful woman. And they're like, oh, yes, we know beautiful women. We know beautiful women. And it's like, yes, 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 all this stuff. And then it goes down into my depression and me outside wearing slippers and clothes with holes in them. And then we realize that I'm not in Paris at all, that I'm in a post office in the middle of fucking nowhere out in the desert. And the isolation that that causes causes the book, the end of everything, my like battling depression, battling with my fucking insurance, trying to get a fucking therapist, like the whole fucking thing. It, the isolation of it brings it to where Now you know what this book's gonna be about and now you can go through it and understand it. Thank you. Thank you, Marlena. That is great. Jessica says, I wanna know about your first year writing poetry. Um, always this confidence? Shit, confidence, huh? That is weird. Um, The first two poetry books that I put out were in I want to say like 2004 2005 here's the funny thing I got it like I won some fucking award and I wish I knew what the fucking thing was called because I would be something good for my bio but like in 2002 2003 I sent a poem out to something and then um like oh yes you have won this award and I'm like oh that's cool and they sent me like a certificate and all this other shit and um Then somebody else hit me up and wanted to put the poem in a book or something like that. It was like a um, best American, whatever thing. I thought the whole thing was a fucking scam. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Fuck this. Fuck you guys. Eat shit. Take your fucking certificate and fucking smoke it. And um, years later, it turns out it was all legit and real. And um, so that was me being a fucking dumbass and not knowing enough about the industry to um, when someone offers you something you smile and you fucking take it but me just assuming that everyone was out to get me I was like oh this motherfucker are you fucking for real right now so then after that um I had two poetry books come out um one kind of right after another but it was with a small press and um I honestly you know, when people say like, oh, you know, th- those are my old poems. That was like, like to me, that was my Edgar Allan Poe phase. You know, it was like me trying to be a romantic, me trying to write um, beautiful poems about corpses and shit like that, right? And um, so this like horror book place, like the first one, put the first one out. And then um, immediately asked me if I had anything else. And so I gave them the other thing. And then they put that one out. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is so fucking easy. Poetry is fucking slam dunk. You just fucking write shit and motherfuckers put it out for you. Um, And then I never got paid for anything ever. And um, it was a total fucking scam. Like my books got out there, I guess. But like, I don't know if anyone ever fucking read them or what the fuck ever happened to them. But um, so I don't know if... uh, confidence confidence is probably a facade. I mean, we're all fucking goddamn fucking like self-conscious fucking poets, right? Like if if we really felt good about ourselves all the fucking time, we would be writing nonfiction or something. Like writing books about fucking World War II or fucking, I don't know, how Trump's a fucking asshole. You know, like we would be comfortable doing those things, but we're all depressive, like self-doubt ridden things but that's the whole thing with poetry like self-doubt is the thing you have to fight every fucking day and you have to be able to beat that shit it's fucking cancer dude you gotta fucking kill it self-doubt will that would be the end of it bye shane thanks for hanging out i'm glad you came too marlena so good 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 so what are you guys working on? Put your book in the chat. Like tell everyone what the fuck you're writing. Hawk your shit. Jesus fucking Christ. If you guys haven't learned anything from this whole fucking thing, sell your fucking shit, dude. Tell people, tell people what you got. You know what's funny? Um, a lot of people freak out um or like like don't believe me when I'm like, oh yeah, I basically make all my money from selling fucking chat books and shit like that so like um they're like numbered and signed and shit and then once they're gone they're gone and um the uh, one of the ones that was really special to me it was called pharma phoenix rises and it was about um being because when i found out i was going to have to go on a bunch of medication for my depression i freaked out because um whenever I've been on medication in the past, like, my creativity just dies. It's just, like, dead, 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 dead. And so I was writing The End of Everything, knowing that this might be the end of my creativity, and, like, having to come to terms with that, like, knowing that me living um, might be better than me, like, battling suicide with poetry, kind of thing. And then it turns out that after a couple months, my doctor got me on something where I was able to work and still, like, put stuff out. Well, that chapbook just sold out. And I'm like, there's a part of me that, like, kind of hurt. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't have any more of this. This is gone now. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, because is on antidepressants too. And I stopped YouTube writing everything. I totally agree with the creativity thing. Yeah, you really like, um, and this is one of those things, like I never felt like I was allowed to tell my doctor, you're wrong about these medicines. Like these are not working for me. Because I was like, well, he's a doctor. He has a degree. Like who the fuck am I? I'm just some fucking schlub that needs a bunch of fucking meds, right? So you have to be able to really have an open communication with the person that's pumping you full of shit and be able to fucking say like, this is not okay. And they will eventually get you on something good if you, if it's something that can happen. Um, Van Gogh's yellow phase from his depression meds. Oh, no way. That I did not know. That's fucking awesome. That is so fucking cool. Um, Not to say meds don't crash you out for you. you can do that. I'm just trying to, to silver line it. Oh yeah, totally. Um, Well, the silver line on my end was that um, because I moved into a different area, my insurance is, like, useless fucking here. So I had to get another insurance, and because of um, how they do open enrollment and shit in California, I don't know. Long story short, I didn't have insurance for, like, basically nine months, so I'm not on medication anymore. Probably should be. But, you know, let's wait for the crash, and then we'll fucking cross that bridge when it comes, I guess. But, yeah, healthcare, so good. (sighs) So, you guys are awesome, and we have um, websites up here. Poetry book about growing up in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, my gosh, look at this. Telling us the theme. This is exactly what you're supposed to feel. You got to keep... Keep keep taking that theme and whittling it down until Amazon knows what to do with it. Hey, no problem, thank you for having me. It's so cool to like talk to people that I don't know, so this is fun. I know some of you, but yeah, like being able to talk to like a bunch of new people is great so yeah, so unless you guys have other stuff to talk about or anything like that, um, I'm pretty much uh, you can put a fork in me.
0: that was it i hope you really enjoyed yourself if you have any questions about any of the stuff i was running the liquor about um feel free to send me an email to ihatemattwall at gmail.com or leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. Remember to give this fucking podcast 5 stars anywhere you listen to it because that's just the right thing to fucking do. Um, you know, keep buying my books, Last Chance, um poems about last chance gas stations. It's up now on my Etsy shop. Black Market Blood Drive is out now on Amazon and Horrywood um, confessions of a low budget horror filmmaker is, uh, a new chapter is supposed to go up right now. Like as soon as I'm done with this, I'm supposed to be doing the thing. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. We'll see. So type hard, everybody. And I will talk to you later. I just want to give a quick thanks to those people who make these videos possible. Anarchy Crew and my followers on Patreon. I appreciate the hell out of you guys. And thank you so much for keeping me going to keep this content possible. You guys are awesome. And if you'd like to join the crew or the Anarchy Crew, just hit the join button beneath this video. And if you'd like to become a member of my Patreon, you can run over to the link down below to do that as well. Thank you.